G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. It was customary for Jews to pray facing the temple in Jerusalem. It was normal to maintain the Sabbath. It was normal to abstain from certain kinds of foods. And when they reached Babylon, everything changed. And it would have been a massive shock. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. When we first began Foundations, we looked a little bit at the importance of culture and context to ensure that we correctly understand the Bible and what it teaches us. We thought it might be good to revisit the importance of studying biblical culture in a little more detail. To start with, we're going to see why it's really important to know who the writers of the Bible were communicating with. I think that sometimes, uh, well, not sometimes, actually a lot of times, we tend to try to interpret the Bible and what it's saying according to what we see around us. And it's understandable why that happens, because our culture is the only point of reference we've got. Mm. And that's why it's, it's pretty important to actually dig a little deeper. I remember... About a decade ago, I heard a preacher, a famous, or perhaps I should say infamous preacher, who shall remain nameless, so I'm not going to mention (laughs) any names, but he said something that started to sound really good, but then actually was quite dangerous. He claimed that the Bible is alive, that it's a living book, and that each successive generation can interpret it according to that generation's own needs and characteristics. Mm, Well, that's dangerous, isn't it? I mean, obviously... The Bible is living and active. It tells us so yeah, in, uh, in that, Hebrews 4. That's why I kind of agreed yeah. with him when he started. Yeah. And then he kind of veered into really dangerous mm. uh, waters. Absolutely. Well, as mentioned, Hebrews 4 verse 12 says, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So, yeah, that's, that actually tells us that the Bible is living and it's active. So, yeah, mm-hmm. totally agree with that. It is alive, it's active, and it should be active in the life of the believer bringing about transformation. But being alive and active categorically does not mean that the meanings and intentions of the actual scripture itself changes according to successive generations in the cultures in which mm. they live. I mean, I don't get to interpret, for example, The biblical view of marriage by the definition of marriage in, say, Australia in the 21st century. Mm, I don't get to do that because it's very, very different from the original intention. I don't get to change what God ordained in Eden because of social trends that happen to be unfolding now. Mm. That's not my place. And I would never even dream of wanting to tamper with God's word. Mm. I didn't write God's word. I'm not yeah, changing it. I'm not. Absolutely. I'm not that brave or silly. <laughs> wow. And I guess the reality is that uh, some people could be tempted to think that the ancient culture the Bible was written in makes the book ancient and therefore obsolete. That is actually uh, a very common criticism of the Bible. I mean, it was written in uh, ancient cultures thousands of years ago. So how could it possibly mm. be relevant and significant to me in the 21st century? 
And that's the argument that people have. But studying the culture of the Bible actually really helps to understand the community that God was trying to communicate with. Who was God speaking to? What was he telling them? What were the circumstances Mm. that they were facing? Like, for example, the prophet Daniel and his friends was taken into exile to Babylon and he was confronted. Talk about a culture shock. Mm. He was confronted with a culture that, to be perfectly honest, if anybody that wasn't as strong as Daniel would have destroyed them. Mm. Okay, when you learn about Daniel, you discover that he and his close friends, young Jewish men who are incredibly devout in their faith, uh, unlike the majority of the rest of Judah when they were taken captive, it was customary for Jews to pray facing the temple in Jerusalem. It was normal to maintain the Sabbath. It was normal to abstain from certain kinds of foods. And when they reached Babylon, everything changed. And it would have been a massive shock. The paganism alone would have been horrendous. But these guys were taken into the royal courts of King Nebuchadnezzar. And that man was a very, very dangerous man. Mm, Absolutely. I mean, he was a maniac. And... I would not have wanted to have been within a hundred kilometers of the man. Well, I mean, he was just so fickle, wasn't he? Like, you know, he would just, at a whim, suddenly say, "Oh, I'm going to wipe you all out." You know, so he'd want to execute people, or then he'd, he'd be happy again and whatever. So, as you say, you, you just couldn't uh, know exactly what to expect exactly, one moment to the next. He was a great leader, and Babylon was, you know, I mean, don't forget. I mean, it was the capital of the known world. He conquered the known world at that time. You have the Hanging Gardens of Babylon, the Ziggurats, and the, I mean, he was in in some ways mm. he was a magnificent leader. Yeah. But as you said, so capricious and so changeable and so fickle. I mean, do you remember when he had his dream, his famous dream? Mm. And then in order to test his wise men and counsellors, he said, not only are you going to tell me what the dream means, you're going to tell me what the dream was. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) And what's more, if you can't do it, off with their heads. That's it, exactly. You know? You'd imagine them all shaking in their boots going, you've just got a step too far right there, Nebuchadnezzar. Well, remember they actually (laughs) said to him, "Um, I think you're being a little unreasonable. Nobody else would ever ask that. Yeah. And he said, tough, yeah, tough too bad. bickies. Mm-hmm. You either tell me what the dream was and what it means or you're going to die. Yeah. And they only survived because of Daniel. That's right. Yeah, he stepped in and saved the day. What an environment mm. and a, what a, a social construct and culture that must have been. And talk about high pressure. Mm. And yet it was Daniel and his three friends who popped their heads above the parapet and said, no, I'm going to be different. I'm going to mm. be really different. Yeah. And they were very uncompromising. And I mean, eating kosher was very, very important to the Jewish people. But can I tell you something? Being a vegetarian is not kosher, Mm. right? And yet these three young Jewish men opted for a vegetarian diet with only water. And for the simple reason, it wasn't because there's anything wrong with eating meat. It was because all of the meat and those fancy foods and the wines and everything else that they were supposed to be given to drink and eat was all offered to idols. Mm. And the poor steward who was in charge of looking after all these guys, he said, if if you don't eat this food and you don't look as good and mm. healthy, I'm going to die. Yeah, that's He's right. going to yeah. kill me. Yeah. I mean, that's pressure. He knew what was coming for him. He did. Well, we read about this in uh, Daniel chapter 1. We'll just read verses 8 to 10. It says, Daniel made up his mind that he wouldn't defile himself with the king's choice food or with the wine which he drank. So he sought permission from the commander of the officials that he might not defile himself. Now God granted Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the commander of the officials. And the commander of the officials said to Daniel, I'm afraid of my lord the king, 
who has appointed your food and your drink. For why should you see your faces looking more haggard than the youths who are your own age? Then you would make me forfeit my head to the king. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine that? If you don't eat that particular bowl of lasagna Mm. and the red wine, I'm going to die. That's right. I mean, we're talking about a very precarious kind of a cultural Mm. environment. I would go so far as to say that we have brothers and sisters around the world today who are living in just as precarious Mm. an environment. So what does this particular story tell us as believers today? We don't need to change the culture of this story. We don't need to forget about it. But it is certainly relevant and applicable in its context Mm. for the body of Christ today to varying degrees depending on where you live. Mm. And it's a story of being uncompromising in our faith and belief and trust in God regardless of what the consequences might actually turn out to be. Yeah, so true. Yes. I mean, the commander knew he would be executed just for giving, for the simple act of not giving preferred foods to the young Jewish men. I mean, what a toxic environment. Mm, Absolutely. But what a testimony to that particular commander or steward Mm. to see the actual results and benefits of Daniel's choices. Yeah, exactly. So he got to see the power of God in a simple act Mm. of obedience. So we get to be ambassadors and examples within our cultures, no matter what our cultures are, when we learn from the cultural environment of the Bible. And of course, knowing about the people themselves that Scripture is talking about helps us to understand the message that is being communicated. Absolutely. So we're going to continue in this uh, mini-series in the next program asking why is biblical culture so important? This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.